When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, second hour of the program, NRL Crunch Time. The texts are flying in like a tsunami. 0457 736 736. An update from the NRLW. Gold Coast 6 leading the Tigers 4. So he had a lot of close losses. Uh, our mate Noddy, let's see if they can't pull it out of the fire here. 6 4, the Titans lead the Tigers. At about 28 minutes remaining in that game. Now, boys, the Bulldogs. I'll start with you, Scope. Of course, your good mate, Willie. Very vocal on the Levels podcast <clears> this week, and they've hit back at the Telegraph. We seem to see a lot of agendas, uh, those at the Telly versus those at the <laughs> Nine Paper, shall we say, which is the home of Phil Gould and Danny Wyler, and the Telegraph, the home of, of Buzz and Brent Reid and, and Bulldog Richie and the rest of it. You guys have had plenty to say about it. You would have read Andrew Davies' comments this morning. One swallow does not a summer make as they say. So just because you have a disaffected player doesn't mean that there's a deeper issue at the club necessarily. I'll start with this a broad question. Do the dogs require a rethink about how they conduct themselves? Uh, no. No, not at all. You set the standards. Your leadership is set, sets the standards and uh, it's up to the playing group to follow it. Now, I think I don't think the Bulldogs need a massive clean out, um, you know, with, with all the chat that's developed over throughout the week with regards to some players being unhappy with this training schedule. I think you had, the problem that the Bulldogs have always had, and it was from day one when, when Cameron Serrato got there, in my opinion, is they didn't have a ready-made skipper. So they, they named Matt Burton, who'd been there a year. He doesn't strike me as a very vocal leader. And sometimes you can get away with that where players, they just lead by example. I think Reid Marnie was the more obvious candidate, which he ended up leading to him being co-captain. But he's come from a different club. He, he first year, it's very hard for a, a leader or a captain to imprint themselves in their very first year. So I think this stems back to leadership within the playing group. They've got to figure out, you know, they've named five or six guys that are unhappy with the training schedule at the moment. I dare say there'll be one or two that'll be leading the charge for that. They've got to identify who those players are and either get them to change their perspective and, and mindset with how what their standards are going to be moving forward or... Um, they need to, to to move those players on because um, influential players in the locker room, specifically rugby league, um, can really um, make or break a season, make or break a, a squad. So they've got to figure out who those players are. I'd, I'd imagine they would because it doesn't take much for a rugby league team with all the uh, the managers and coaches and all that chatting to each other to figure out who it is. I think they've got to identify who those players are, get them on board, uh, or if not, then find they can find another club. Just for those who haven't heard or haven't read it, oh, here are some of the things that Andrew Davey had to say, of course, uh, with the Eels and Manly. Went to the Dogs and then released and, and back to Parramatta this year. He said, the way the Bulldogs went about things, I didn't like it. It wasn't a culture that I fitted in with and it wasn't the style of coaching that I resonated with. It just wasn't my cup of tea, a lot different to what I've experienced at Manly and Parramatta. And it wasn't great with Cameron. In the end, we didn't talk when I was leaving. It was very cold. I didn't get the ideology of the coaches. It wasn't a process that I'd been accustomed to. I guess in every business, there are people that don't always get along. you just got to go somewhere else where you're happy, and that's what I chose. I think the last quote there is probably the most telling, right? So from an outsider's perspective, 
I find generally things aren't quite as good or bad as they're reported, Missile. I would never recommend a player to ever insult or to talk down the culture of any place or any coaching group. Like, I can't get my head around when players say, come out and say something about a past coach or past environment while they're still a player. Because mm. if I'm a coach of another club, I go, like, do I want that coming? Like, they're not going to be rock solid. Yeah. What happens within the four walls happens within the four walls. Yeah. If you've had to go to another club to be happy, good for you. But to come out and uh, to come out and criticise a coach like Cameron Serraldo, uh, and all, what I can't understand about the criticism of Cameron Serraldo, it's like people saying he doesn't know what a good culture is. You know, he's been too hard. He's come from Penrith. Mm. Prior to this year, he's been in three grand finals in a row. You're telling me that guy doesn't know culture? Andrew Davies come from Manly and Parramatta. With all due respect, his time at Manly, they weren't the most successful team. And he's, you know, at Parramatta now and they're doing a bit better. But I wouldn't be coming out criticizing Cameron Serraldo as a current player. Um, and... Look, if if that's how you feel about the club, that's that's great that you've found somewhere better. But what Cameron Serraldo needs to do is find out who the Andrew Davies of the club are at the moment and uh, and weed them out. Okay, so I'll play devil's advocate here. If the culture's that good or not as bad as has been reported, why are there so many leaks and why is somebody like a Davey prepared to come out and speak out against it? I don't think the culture is good. Okay. I think what is happening is... Cameron Serraldo is driving certain standards, right? And culture is just a reflection of behaviours and attitudes and how people behave and react and approach the, that hard work. That's where your culture is derived from. If players are coming into training and Cam Serraldo is going, we're working from eight to five today, which I'm, they're not. But let's just, let's just say Cameron Serraldo sends out in the group chat, tomorrow, boys, we're going to absolutely rip in. We're training from eight to five. A good culture... A Penrith culture would be Brian Toto jumping on their LFG boys. Let's rip in tomorrow. Can't wait. Yipping, yahooing, turn up with the boombox in the morning. A poor culture, and this isn't driven by Serraldo, is the players messaging each other going, this is BS. I don't want to do eight to five tomorrow. Like, or, you know, dragging their ass when they come into training, not putting in full effort. Like that's the difference between the two cultures. It's not like, Cameron Serraldo is doing this different to what he's doing at Penrith. I've got no doubt there'd be way more similarities in what he's expecting at the Bulldogs than differences from what he was doing in Penrith. It's how the people in those four walls respond to that challenge of this is the standard we need to meet and this is what hard work looks like. You know, an organisation can set high standards without resorting to, I guess, almost like hazing rituals. And I'm not necessarily saying that's what's happening here, but, you know, things are to be believed about these reports of potential legal action and, and mental health issues. And I'm sure there's a lot more to this story that has been reported, but it says to me that whatever is happening there is not quite working. Not to say you throw the baby out with the bathwater, but there needs to be some degree of refinement. I think it's important for people to understand that if it is indeed what was reported with the incident that happened with the player that got sent home after turning up late and that was his punishment, that's not hazing. I, I, me and Missile spoke about this yesterday. Mm. We, we had there's different versions of it. It's like either King of the Ring or uh, Shark Bait, we used to call it, where you'd. You know, I've told you stories off air before where you, you line up your first, um, the first exercise of the training session is 
you line up five five by five meters on the sand. You run as hard as you can at each other, and it's up to you, to to the player to defend and the the op, the guy with the the ball to to score a try. That's essentially what happened to him for, I believe it was the twelve minutes he was late. He had to do twelve minutes. Um, that's not hazing. It's I don't know. But I think we're getting to a um, a point now with with some of these younger guys that you're coming through the systems and there are stuff that seems normal to my time might mm. be considered hazing now. So, um, you know, it's, it's a bit frustrating hearing that too. It's, it's an ongoing situation, but, um, yeah, I just want, I just, I want to, um, just make sure that the listeners understand that that specific penalty, if it indeed was just that, right. Cause oh, I wasn't at the training session. I don't know the complete full details, but if what was reported was indeed the, the punishment, and that's just something that happens week in, week out, more often than not in in pre-seasons, but it happens so much. So I was quite confused that that was the the catalyst. There must be more to it, right? And that's and that's what we'll we'll, we'll probably find out. Then if it does go any further or or whatnot, but um, the specific penalty, and and I think you know whether it be jour- journalists that are reporting on it or or the public who might look at that situation and go. That sounds a bit tough. I'm t- I'm just trying to let people know from my experience, it's mm. it's quite normal. It's a it's a sometimes a a technique or a training method that's used for warm up in training to make sure everyone gets ready and and gets physical. And then they start. And then we start branching into more thirteen on thirteen stuff or six on six. The agenda's being driven, and they're they're, they're pretty clear, right? You spoke about Jules. It's, 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 it's so news from the versus news nine has a real anti. Yeah. Gould agenda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is patently so, obvious. So this this thing with the player happened a while ago, right? And journalists are, are, are reporting on it now because the Bulldogs are down and out and they're putting the boot in. Uh, and they're saying, you know, this is terrible because this guy had mental health problems. Guess what the worst possible th- outcome for this guy was? This story getting so out in the media. On the back page. And most of us know who this player is. And what about clubs now who know about this? Going, do I want this guy at my club because he can't handle 12 minutes of wrestling with a couple of different players? The journalists reporting on this saying, what about the player's mental health have actually done this player so dirty by ousting this story. And now every club knows that this player had this scenario at this club. And most clubs, most coaching staff and most players have so much respect for Cameron Serraldo that they'll go, if he can't, keep up to those standards and that, and he's spat the dummy in this way, then we probably don't want him in our club. So I reckon the journalists that, that released this story have done this player dirty and they've done far worse for his mental health than anything that happened during that training session. Danny Widler today. If a player is late for a running session, the penalty usually extra runs. If it's a gym session, blah, blah, on he goes. One by one, 24 players with this player who had quick wrestles on their knees with the player. Each individual wrestle lasted between five and ten seconds. The player was spent after the session. It's exhausting work. It's supposed to be. Afterwards, he was sitting against a wall near the wrestle mats, smiling because he completed the task. He wasn't broken, bruised or bleeding. He kept training with the side for the rest of the week, did not miss a session. His mental health issues, which were not known then, were triggered by external reaction to his punishment. I'll, I'll add to that too. That's one part that I, f- I forgot about. I was thinking about yesterday. You can wear it as a badge of honour, these sorts of sessions, right? So yeah. I was never the best wrestler, let's put it this way. <laughs> so I wasn't getting – so just say, for instance, if we did anywhere between six to eight to ten wrestles, um, which was quite common, like I said, 
you used to, I used to pick my battles. You'd be smart with it, right? So just say, for instance, uh, I'll give Manly as an example. We've got a young Clint Gutherson coming through mm. and a young Jakey Travojevic, who was a really good wrestler from day one. Yeah. So just say those two guys, because they're – I'll use those two as an example because they're still current now. But they come through at the same time, both kids, 18, 19 years old. So naturally, I'm going to go harder against Gutho than I'm against Jakey. Right? <laughs> That's just the way it works. So yeah. I'd, you know, I'd take my licks on Jakey, just try to hold as long as I could, yeah. for instance. And then another guy like Anthony Watma, I'm probably not going to beat him and wrestle two, three. It doesn't yeah. matter if I wrestle him at one or ten, I'm not going to win. Yeah. But if I got a win on wrestle like five or six, mm. even if it is indeed Gutho, you can hold yourself. You know, you pump yeah. your chest up a little bit yeah, and you yeah, can yeah. go. Uh, so... You know, like, 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 uh, was it, was that, who was that? That was Danny Wydler. Danny Wydler was reporting on that. Um, yeah, there, there are some like positives in that specific type of training. It's not all about, um, trying to belittle the player that's doing it. Like you can walk away from those sessions going, I'm feeling good about myself now after that. Uh, just one more thing from that column. He said, as for talk, some players are upset with the punishment. And Webby said yesterday could count on one hand, uh, maybe only two. That would seem to be a falsehood. Two weeks after the session that led to the player taking leave, Braden Burns called the wrestle session on himself as a punishment. And he said he didn't find it as hard as some pre-season tackle sessions. I, I, and I'll say that for context. Yeah. 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 Again, that's like that badge of honor thing, right? Yeah. 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 And look, in, and Braden Burns is shown, he's a, the type of guy that I think most Bulldogs uh, fans can be proud of, right? You remember that yeah. game against the Dragons where he missed... Uh, three on, or four weeks with a medial ligament yeah. uh, injury. Um, he had two crucial plays that led to tries in that game. So um, those are the sorts of characters you want in the club and you and you try to build, you know, Braden Burns might not be the most talented outside back, centre, winger, but that those sorts of um, performances and mm. actions at training can... That's how you change a culture. You need more of those sorts of guys in your club. 0457 736 736. Mystery man on the text line. I will not cop the mental health card being played in a professional sporting environment. You're either tough enough to mix it with the big dogs or you're not pretty simple. I think it's a bit more complex than that, mystery man. We can't just simply, you know, dismiss any mental health claims because it's very serious. But they do take this seriously. Imagine that player's headspace now. Yeah. Way they worse. Respons- they still, as an employee of the club, session. they still have a responsibility to that player. Yeah, 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 absolutely. yeah, and and they haven't released his name, nope. uh, um, but his headspace would be all over the shop right now because he knows. Yeah, that- exacerbated by the fact that it's played out in the media, and we're talking about it right now. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just on the late mail, the Titans Bulldogs gets underway in about three quarters of an hour at Seabus Super Stadium. For the Gold Coast side, further positional changes just prior to kickoff, following the loss of JoJo for feeder and Chris Randall. Yesterday, Keanu Kinney will now play fullback. AJ Brimson moves to the centres. Aaron Shop out on the wing. Mm, his okay. brother's playing for the Wallabies, I think I read. Aaron yeah, he Shop. is, yeah. yeah big uh, unit. Uh, Cruz Leeming starts at hooker. Joe Stimson replaces Jermaine Jolliffe in the run-on side at prop, with Jolliffe reverting to the bench. Uh, Joseph Vuna and Isaac Fatsumaliawi were added to the bench after initially being included in the extended reserves on Tuesday. Mo Fodawaka returns after missing the Storm game to be at home in Queensland for the birth of his child. Happy Father's Day to you, Mo. And Isaac Liu, one of Tommy's favourites, is out after suffering a finger injury against Holy smokes, they've got some changes. They do, yeah. And for the doggies, a late change by Cameron Seraldo. Ryan Sutton comes into the 17. He will start at lock with Max King moving to the interchange and Samuel Hughes out of the side. And Tavita Pengai Jr.'s NRL career is over. He was left out of the squad due to injury. Jarrell Skelton, 18th man for the side's final game of the year. There you go. 
I like what um, that Cleese Haas is starting to develop in the last couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah. Um, it's a we t- we talked about yesterday on the Mowers right uh, missile with the return of Beaufort Moore uh, yeah. next year. It'll be good. Um, I think you need a good solid rotation in the back row and a versatile back row. I think that serves you well. How old um, is he? And ideally, you want to get it as cheap as possible. So when you get yeah, young you ascending players like a Cleese Haas with a Beaufort Moore returning next year, David Fafita career best form. Um, yeah, uh, they've got themselves in a nice little position. I, I just don't. The Tigers are. I mean, the Titans are the sort of team. Uh, we 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 had hit it or quit it on the teams outside of the eight and whether they can make a run next year. Their lot, <laughs> their 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 lineup always tricks you. Yeah, like you does. look, there's yeah. got so much talent in this team. They've got representative players sprinkled all the way throughout it. Just super inconsistent as well. Like they find themselves in what thirteenth currently. Yeah. yeah. How's you think Desi? You think Desi's a good fit? Them. Yeah, Desi will be yeah. good. It uh, the the one concern that I've got with Desi, knowing the players that have played, because I never played underneath Desi during my time at Manly. Um, I had twos. Oh yeah. And Desi strikes me. Uh, well, Desi always I think suited that Manly team because that Manly team were an old school sort of team. Yeah. This is a very new era young team that he's got at the Titans. So, again, it's going to be a bit of a culture shock for the Titans next year for sure with Desi coming there because he'll he'll mix it up for so, for sure. Desi's haircut plays hard on the GC. That fits in. Does yeah. it what? Yeah, the blonde locks. Yeah. You know, with that, That's so GC. With that breeze just coming in oh, off the yeah. Pacific. He Absolutely. could roll straight down a burly path straight yeah. after a game. Yeah. And, and he's always right tanned. He always looks suntan. Mm. I think it's cheaper living up there, so that'll suit Desi to a T yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. He's tight, is he? Yeah, big oh, time. Big time. Big time. You thought Gal was tight, Desi. Uh, Hi, gents. A small bloke who could hit hard was Lincoln Withers. Yes. Uh, Expanding, I feel we have enough athletes, but not enough halves. Yeah, that's been a criticism for a while. You know, halves? Halves? Just athletes, like big and strong, hit the line hard, maybe bend a line, but, you know, eyes up footy sort of, you know, off the cuff sort of players, you know, football heads. Yep. I think we're uh, in New South Wales in particular, got more. Athletes than we do like proper halves and in Queensland. A bulldog Bob, father, son. How about Gary Hughes from the dogs and his three sons, Glenn, Corey, and Stephen? There's a good one. His brothers, Mark and Graham. Yep, a famous uh, name there at the Kennel, the Hughes family. And uh, this from Gav at Port Macquarie. Do you know Gav? Probably. Gav knows you. Yeah. Lads, let's not forget the girls, father and daughter, David Boyle and Millie Boyle. Oh, yeah. There we go. Oh, yeah. There uh, we go. He played for Souths too. And their son too. And the son, yeah. Um, Morgan. Morgan Boyle. Morgan Boyle. And I just thought of um, Ciro with Bailey and um, yeah um, um, Curtis. Curtis. Yeah, there you go. Keep them stuck. Come on in. 0457 736 736. NRL crunch time this Sunday, Father's Day, thanks to Ozito. Powering DIYers all day, every day at Bunnings.